everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. It's great to be with you all today. Have a plethora of information to talk to you about today. This is joint practice, the second joint practice with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, It was everything that I thought it would be, and there was more, and I had to work the phones, talk to a bunch of people. I wanted to get the best information. I also wanted to make sure there were some things that I saw that were accurate. Sometimes um, you can see things, but they're not accurate. And as you know, I love to bring you not only what happened, but the analysis around it so you can make your best decisions and your best thoughts. Um, You may, first of all, let me just say we are booming. Please make sure if you haven't subscribed, you do that. But I want to just personally say thank you to all of you for, you know, reading all of the articles that we write with our Raiders coverage at SI's Fan Nation, um, the Las Vegas Raiders today. Thank you for that. And I know you got a lot of places to go to get your information. So I just want to personally thank you all. I appreciate it. Now, on this podcast or in my writing, we never tell you what to think. Fans aren't stupid. But it's important that we give you the best analytical information so then you can draw an opinion on anything that you want. So let me quickly give you some relevancy with that. Um, I put a tweet out at the end of practice, or it may have been in the last part of practice. I don't know. Sorry, I've been going hard. Um, About Jimmy overthrowing a couple people. Now, there was people who said, oh, great. This is what he ever always does. He's not accurate. Well, let me put it in perspective for you. I have seen a lot of people talk about, well, Jimmy can't throw a deep ball. Well, I've seen him throw a lot of them and get big scores or big chunks of yardage. Well, it's no value if you don't give video. Well, okay, but we're not allowed to shoot video then. Um, but even others have written or or talked about it who are in the media core. But he had two big misses, and I want to talk about those because we're going to come back and talk about him. But remember I talked about uh, analysis and relevancy. If it was just Jimmy overthrew two, okay, so he had a couple of bad throws. For, and and he, let me just say, he had a terrific practice. He had one throw that was way over a guy's head. and But I put that out there specifically for the people offering the false narrative that he doesn't have the arm strength to go deep because I've watched him lots of times do it. But it was a wide receiver that had gotten held and Jimmy just sailed the ball. I don't think Jimmy saw that the guy was held because what happened was is, is, is the play was to the left. Jimmy came, made his first reads, which I've explained. You remember there's a pre-snap read. So when you come to the line, let's say the play is maybe going to be a flag route on the on the left. So the quarterback comes up and looks. Are they in single? Are they in dime? Are they in nickel defense? Are they in cover two? What are they in? So maybe the read that you look over there and say, okay, that the, the defense they're showing me, that's not going to be a good read. So he looks and wants to see who's open or what's going to be available, or is it in the slot? Is it an RPO, which means a run pass option? Or maybe, okay, I'm going to hand it off. He makes all of his reads. The ball snap. Now, when you talk about first, second, third reads, there's the post-snap version of that. Because sometimes defenses will hide what they're doing. So Jimmy's looking, 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 looking. And um, I, I say that like he held the ball 25 minutes. No, it was maybe, maybe a second and a tenth, not long, but in in a quarterback, that's a long time. Looks, 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 goes to his third read, which he knows this is a, a route. Now, sometimes you will, you, you'll hear, a, uh, well, I'll talk about that in a minute. So anyways, he he's taken off and he sees it and he launches it because he knows the route the guy is supposed to be on. Now, the guy was held and Jimmy's throwing to a spot but the guy was held, but he's still, I I put the emphasis out there because of um, his critics who say he can't throw a deep ball, which is just stupid. Now, secondly, on the, on the other deep ball, it was what I, well, some coaches 
call it a nine route, which is just a straight go to the end zone. Some coaches call it a seven because you want to get the touchdown. So again, depending on the regime or how a person looks at it, it's a seven route. And the guy's going on a seven route. Jimmy's under pressure and he launches it to get rid of it. He doesn't hold the ball too long, which is great. And he puts the ball in a place where either the receiver's going to get it or it's going to be incomplete. It's not going to be intercepted. And on this one, he he sailed it and the, and the guy didn't get to it. Now, I can't put all that in a tweet. And the purpose of the tweet was specifically to address people that said he can't throw the deep ball, that he doesn't have the arm strength. The point is when you look at both of those, they're now completely understandable. You don't want a quarterback who's going to throw the ball too long and get sacked or fumbled. And then you don't want a quarterback who at least isn't going to give an opportunity to make a play. And so, you know, the worst scenario comes out of this is you have an incompletion. Best scenario is a, is a catch and a score. So, again, it was not a bad – neither one of those was a bad situation. So when you hear just the analysis, you overthrew two deep balls, then you hear, the, oh, that's what he did for San Francisco. But when when you when you get the um, – the analysis and the ancillary information, you now can understand neither one of those is a negative. So there's a lot to talk about. We got to talk about Jimmy today because he did have a really big day. Um, we're going to talk about red zone. We're going to get into so much today We're that, that uh, just hold on to your hat. If you like ball, if you love football and you love the Raiders or whatever, you're going to really enjoy this podcast. And again, thanks for joining us. So let's get right to it. Um, Nate Hobbs was back in practice today, and he really looked really good. I noticed from him um, his lateral movement. I was wondering how that was going to be, and his lateral movement was very, very good. He does a terrific job of of moving um, laterally. And today he did, and and it, and it showed. Now, last year was an utter joke. The Raiders tried to make him an outside corner, and that's not who he is. It's just not who he is. And credit them, because they're like, okay, it didn't work. They put him back in the slot, and he looks great in the slot. And so his lateral movement was tremendous today. Sure, there was a few things that were rusty, um, but it was extremely good on his behalf. And uh, I thought it was impressive. I thought he had a very good day, made some very big plays. A um, couple plays. Um, well, I'm going to get to those in a minute. Next, uh, let's talk about Cole uh, Fotheringham. This guy had a very good practice yesterday. And in the and I want you to know, my job's to bring you all the analysis. And, and I had it in my notes. I have no idea what happened. I just, for some reason, skipped it. It was not intentional. Cole had a really good day yesterday, and he had a good day today as well. Um, I think yesterday was even better, but he was impressive. Now, remember, the purpose of this podcast today is reflecting practice. Tomorrow's is going to be what I'm looking for. We're going to talk about Cole uh, fathering him a lot. He has looked good, and I also want to remind you that um, I'll after the game, <clears throat> I will have a um, podcast um reflecting on it and then on monday morning i'm going to have a podcast giving you my new projected 53 man roster and there are uh, multiple changes so i really encourage you make sure you you check out these podcasts every day mondays the change in the 53 man um is going to be really good now if you know i don't um i, I get as much information and help as i can on the 53 man. So you're going to make sure you want to watch that. Um, Saturday, of course, will be the recap. And then Sunday will be my new projected 53 man roster. Um, I am not yet today ready, ready to make a call on Fotheringham. I think I know where it's going and we'll find out on, on, um, on um, Monday. Excuse me. I apologize. Now I want to talk about, um, Andre James, Colton Miller, and Greg Van uh, Roten. 
they looked so good in one-on-one reps today. I mean, those the, the Raiders' offensive line, um, I thought was 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 good yesterday. Don't think it was great. I thought it was good, and today they were even better. But those three today had big reps, and Greg Van Roten has probably had on the offensive line. Him and Colton Miller uh, have been the two best offensive linemen. I mean, uh, you guys know this. Since they signed him, I've been, I been—I was a big Van Roten guy before he got here. I think this was a brilliant hire um, or signing, however you want to look at it. And, and that guy is the part. Um, he is – now, you, you go back and watch my interview from last week with uh, Max Crosby. Um, not the one yesterday, but the one the few days before. Van Roten isn't a dirty player. Uh but he's mean. He's got a little bit of nasty in him now. And uh, he's so much fun to watch. Just so much fun to watch. And he's a great person. Just an absolutely great guy. And But he is a football player now. That guy, you, I would expect him to be in a leather helmet. Um, I would almost bet that the moment he retires and he's not getting paid to play football, he's going to join some you know, beer league team. He going to do something now because he, he's a competitor and uh, he is just a lot of fun to watch, but Colton has looked uh, everything you want Colton Miller to be. Uh, Van Roten the other day called him the most underrated tackle. In fact, you're going to see an interview with Van Roten tomorrow. We're going to have a ton of video up tomorrow. I mean, we're going to have highlights from the practices that you can watch and a bunch of players. I mean, so again, lots of video tomorrow, tons of it. So make sure you're checking. That will probably pop up around noon Eastern. I would guess could be as late as 1.30 Eastern, but um, um, 10.30 on the on the West Coast, but somewhere in there. But make sure you watch that Van Roten interview. But uh, even he talks about Colton Miller is one of the most underrated tackles in the National Football League. Andre James, great at the point of attack. Um, now, a lot of people don't understand this. So if you do understand it, forgive me. I'm not insulting your intelligence. But most offensive linemen, the ball snap, you know when it snaps. So maybe it's on color or it's on a number, whatever. It could be on a word. And so the ball snap and your hands come up and you're ready to, to take on the defender. The center has to hike the ball then get his hands up. So it is a very difficult thing to be a center in the National Football League because normally you got a humongous guy right over your nose or in the gap to your right or left, or sometimes two of them in the gap. You got to hike the ball and wham, get your hands up really quick. I mean, it's just boom, ready to go. And so it is a thing of beauty. When you watch now, there were two great centers on the field today. Brian Allen, the starting center for the Rams, and in the interest of full disclosure, not being braggadocious, but when I talk about people that I have a good personal relationship with, I always tell you that because I, in case you want to consider whether or not I'm biased, I don't believe I am. Brian's one of the most respected centers in the National Football League. He's a lot like Van Roten. He plays with a lot of mean. I'm very close with him, you know, his brother's. Matt and Jack, great friends, uh, love his parents, the whole family's great people. But there were two great centers, just that quick. Now, Brian gets it because he was just a tremendous high school wrestler. Andre gets it because he's extremely athletic. And a lot of people don't understand the athleticism it takes to play uh, center in this league. So Andre James, I mean, it was just all day. And he was in rare form. He looked good. In fact, um, next time I talk to him, I'm going to ask him because it's been very evident this camp. I thought he was good last year. He's been extremely good with his hands. Just, I mean, it is so much fun. It's like a work of art. A great offensive line is like watching a, um, uh, have you ever been to New York City Radio City Music Hall to watch um, the Rockettes? 
and and yes, they're pretty women. I'm not talking about that, but just the the way that they're all synchronized. A great offensive line is an absolute thing of pure edge abject beauty. You could go to Paris to the Louvre and see a lot of things that you would say, oh, that's pretty, that's art, but none of them, I guarantee nothing is as pretty as an offensive line. And when you watch the way that James just snaps it, very impressive today. I watched that a lot. And and, and, and I didn't see Van Roten, Miller, or um, Andre James lose one uh, rep and one-on-one drills. They were really good. Now, it was really funny. Um, Muti, uh, the Raiders offensive lineman, he goes up against Aaron Donald. First rep. I mean, the joint part has just started first rep. <laughs> and um, Aaron Donald got the best of him. Now, hold on a minute. Before you start making a judgment against Moody, there are a very few people in the National Football League, one-on-one with Aaron Donald, that aren't going to look silly. It's like saying a guy went up against Max Crosby and looks silly. Uh, everybody does. Devon, you go up against Devontae, he makes everyone look silly. I mean, Marcus Peters is a really good corner, and Marcus Peters can't guard Devontae. So <clears throat> this is not a pick on Muti, but so I mean, Donald drives him, takes him on, he goes down to the ground. There's no shame in that game. Is that even a saying anymore? Sorry, I'm I'm old, so that was a saying when I was a kid. But um, anyways, and Moody gets up, man. He he pushed back. Like, okay, okay, you want to go? You want to go that hard? And I loved it. I absolutely. It's just like when you know Cam Akers went hard, so Max Crosby went hard back at him. And uh, you know, Mike Mike said, "Okay, you want to go that way? You you got what you got." And Moody got beat. But he showed toughness, and I, I was impressed. And, and neither one of them. And that was really the only skirmish. Um, and, you know, there shouldn't be. There just shouldn't be skirmishes here. This should just be go out there and play football. And uh, I, I think there's no coincidence. The only skirmish yesterday had Max, and the only skirmish today had Aaron Donald, two guys that play with that level of toughness. It was fun. But uh, I, I was proud of Muti there. Okay, so th- again now, Overall, I want to talk about the Raiders' offensive line. <clears throat> I think um, that the Rams certainly got some good plays in. No doubt about it. And it wasn't a blowout dominant thing. But I do believe the Raiders' offensive line looked better than the Rams' defensive line. That does not mean the Rams did not make plays. They did. But the Raiders' offensive—I mean, especially when you looked and you had Colton in there. I mean, the, I, now let me just go here. I'll, I'll just say this: the Raiders' ones looked exceptionally good against the Rams' ones, not named Aaron Donald. But you know, the Raiders did some double teaming, chipped the guy. They did a lot of really smart stuff, and so they were able to. You know, Donald still did his stuff, but but they he wasn't like a Max was. I mean, the Rams had no answer for Max Crosby. I mean, a donut sitting on this table next to me had a better chance of surviving (laughs) than um, uh, anybody trying to guard Max Crosby. I mean, he just made him look stupid. It just, just, it was a men among boys. And again, He's an Aaron Donald type. So that isn't, and and Brian Allen, my friend, plays on the offensive line of the Rams, and that's no insult to them. It's just the reality. Just like nobody really had answers against Aaron Donald. I mean, he's just that good. And so you got to do things. And the Raiders did. They doubled. They did some chipping, which I think really helped. Um, The Rams tried, and it just didn't stop Max. I mean, at one point, I was with Levi Edwards. I think it was Levi. If I'm wrong, please forgive me. It could have been a Rogan, Logan Reaver from Channel 8 in, in Vegas. or Again, as with somebody. I think it was with Levi, though. Or, or maybe Kevin Miller from Channel 5. Um, but we're standing there, and we were laughing because in four straight reps, uh, Max is, did four different moves. It's just Max. 
I mean, in baseball, you you call a guy, you know, a five-tool player or a four-tool player. I'm not a big baseball guy, so forgive me. If he can do every part of the game, well, that's Max. There's nothing on the defensive line he cannot do. And I, uh, I'll i get more into that when I do my pod at the end of camp and everything with my season predictions, not just the record, which you already know how I feel, but other stuff. So uh, overall, I thought the offensive line looked really good. The defensive line uh, I would have, by the way, I would have given the Raiders offensive line uh, probably a B minus. So it's really good. And um, the defensive line in A plus, absolute A plus. And I'll have more to say about them in a minute. But, you know, when 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 I get to the corners, but the a, the offensive line, it was not, I mean, excuse me, the defensive line was not even close. Just it was a complete dominant. At, at one point, in fact, I left because I wanted to go see if there was something more interesting going on on the offensive side because the Raiders defensive. Now that's the ones, the twos look just as good as well. Maybe not just as good. Maybe I'd give them an a in the threes. I'd give an a minus. That's pretty doggone good. And uh, the offensive line just looked tremendous. Now I, I want to talk about, um, Max Crosby a little bit. I know I've mentioned him a lot. I always do. Um, but I tweeted this out, uh, a picture of Max. Uh, there's they were they were now you have to understand there's two fields. And if you go look at my story at uh, Sports Illustrated, you'll actually see the picture of the two fields and where I stood. So you've got two fields, and I'm standing here watching offense on this side, defense on this side. And I'm just sitting there watching Max. So they go to, to specials practice. And what that means is on the left, um, the Raiders are doing punt receive. And on the right, they're doing punts. And so they're in special teams. Now, this is normally where the big uh, the big guys, the big uglies and the other guys, and I mean that with total affection, the big uglies, um, they go and you know they're getting water and they're resting because it's 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 hot. I mean it's not hot like it is in in Vegas, but it's still hot, and uh, it's more humidity here. And they're and they instead, Max goes over and grabs Tyree Wilson, and I put a picture of it up, and um, it was really cool just watching Max give him um, some lessons, some thoughts, and here's what I think is really cool. Here's Tyree. Now, he's a high pick, seventh overall. A lot of, not all, but a lot of those guys have just monster egos. And here's a guy picked a lot higher than Max. You know, he could have came in with an ego. And trust me, y'all maybe don't believe this, but I've seen it a lot. And he's just soaking it up. I put a lot of video out on my Twitter day of Tyree doing some drills. Um, again, he didn't get into any of the <clears throat> game type situations at all. He just worked individuals, but man, he looks like granite and, and he is long. He can bend, <clears throat> you know, someone asked me one uh, time, Honda, you, when you talk about guys can bend, what do you mean? I mean, he can just contort his body. Um, he can make himself. In in Vegas, there is a show that my wife and I like to go to. It's called the V Variety Show. It's in the Mile of Malls or, or whatever, the Mile of Mall or a Mile Mall. It's near the Hard Rock. And if in this show, they have all these different acts. And um, the best, by the way, is the magician, Jason Byrne. But that's a side story. Um they have these guys who just can, and this lady who just contort their body in ways that you would think is just physically impossible. And when you watch the way Tyree can bend to just get his shoulder. Now, see, when you're coming out of the defensive end, that left tackle is trying to square you up. He's trying to get his hands here on you. <clears throat> he wants to stay square with you. So if you can bend that shoulder down or maybe bend and then flip and you can get him off, you can get to the quarterback. Tyree Wilson can bend in ways. I mean, my son is one, one. Yes, I'm 52 with a one-year-old son and love him. Anyways, uh, 
Tyree can just bend in ways that uh, even the French gymnastics judge, is anybody else old enough to appreciate that analogy, would have to give the guy a 10. And, and so watching him with Max and his ability to listen and to learn is very impressive, extremely impressive. impressive. Okay, now I want to talk about Jimmy G because he in the red zone – really looked good. Um, and, and I have to give a caveat. Remember I told you yesterday, there was some national media being critical of Raiders in the red zone. And I heard that same national <clears throat> media person being critical again today. The problem is, and this is what I talked about analysis without analyzation of the entire situation is not smart. Now, remember I talked about Jimmy at the beginning. The Raiders stayed extremely generic in the red zone. I can tell you that I, I talked with people, got it confirmed. They did not show one thing today or yesterday that's part of their new concepts in the red zone. Nothing. So can you say they weren't as effective as probably they wanted to be? Absolutely. But with the caveat that they they were extremely vanilla, you know, when you go and look at some of those early games, they're going to be facing more than one team early who's similar to a defensive style to the Rams. So you really don't want to show anything. You really want to be super careful. And you don't know if a player on the Rams is friends with a player on the Broncos or or, or the Bills, or any early team on the schedule. So you just have to be the Steelers. You just have to be careful. And so, yes, were they as effective in the red zone as they want to be? No. Were they vanilla and showed nothing? Absolutely. Um, I am told, and I believe it because of the person who told me, they're going to do a lot more work on red zone once the season, regular season starts, because then there's practices with no media and fans and things they're going to work on. And they've worked on a lot of it in the classroom, just not on the on the field where people are there to watch. So, <clears throat> again, Jimmy had one drive, six for six with a touchdown. Um, then in hurry up, <clears throat> multiple, multiple scores. Um, I don't remember how many touchdown passes he did, he had today. I believe uh, it was five or six. And so I'm not making excuses for him. I thought he had – I told you yesterday I thought he had a good day. Um, I thought he had a better day today when you're able to analyze and understand why did the two deep passes go deep. And I think both of those are germane. And then if you look at maybe some concerns with red zone, um, I can't give specifics, okay, because you have to understand part of our agreement as part of the Pro Football Writers Association is we get access and we can't talk about schematics, okay, which is fair because um, that's why there's certain times we can't film because you don't want to give an advantage to anyone's opponent. So, um, there is something new that I know that they're planning to do in the red zone. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm not going to hint at it because it would be unfair to the Raiders and unfair to the people that talk to me. That I know for a fact in red zone would have destroyed the Rams. Now, you don't have to believe me. That's fine. But I think you're going to see it when the season starts. Um and when it happens, I'll I'll make note of it on Twitter or in a podcast, I'm sure, just so you can go back and DVR it and remember this. But I thought it was very fascinating. And so when you understand, okay, they were good in the red zone. They were better than the Rams in the red zone. Were they, you know, was it a 49 nothing blowout? No. But the Rams were doing some unique things, and they had no answers for the Raiders' defensive line. But the Raiders didn't. I mean, the yeah, and, and the Raiders did. So that I think that's a little bit for you to understand. Now, at the end of practice, I thought this was really cool. So the Raiders are driving down the field, the last drive. <clears throat> and on remember now, I'm facing straight ahead. So this would be to my right to 
uh, you looking at me, you're left. <laughs> and Matthew Stafford throws a touchdown pass against the Raiders. Well, there was Raiders twos and threes in there. And on the right, Jimmy's driving down Raiders ones on ones. And he throws this beautiful touchdown pass to Devontae Adams. And he, and he catches it. Great catch. The Raiders are going crazy. And ref all of a sudden rules it out of bounds. Now, here's the cool part. Go back and watch the video. Or I'm going to put a video up later today, maybe up before this, of Jimmy Garoppolo. And the first question I said to him, hey, you overthrew a couple of passes. Or, or actually, the first question I said to him is, hey, what about Devontae's catch? Was it a catch? And the first thing he says to me is, hey, yes, it was. And we went and watched the film. So as soon as it was over, the Raider players were like asking their film people. And they're like, yeah, touchdown. So if it would have been reviewed, it would have been a touchdown. I'm not, so I'm not, I wasn't even counting that in Jimmy's touchdowns, by the way. I forgot that one. But um, it was fun to watch. And again, relevancy, who was it against? So that that's a very, very important note. Now, um, I want to talk about um, Brian Hoyer. And I know this is his 15th year. And uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, well, we don't need him. He's in year 15. Well, let me tell you something. He knows the, the system perfectly. And he almost came here last year. In fact, I'm going to tell you more about that on my podcast um, after the 53-man rosters announced. But um, when I talk about Brian, but Brian, all of camp has looked exceptional. And on top of it, teaching Aiden, um, he's been great. He had some throws today. I mean, into some tight windows. He had a super long touchdown pass. Um, but remember, the the Josh McDaniels offense is predicated on that bubble from seven to 25 yards. You want to get the ball in the hands of your playmakers and then let them go for yak yards after the catch. Every once in a while you go down the field because it keeps the defense honest, but that's not part of the scheme. And Brian looked exceptional. Well. And I'm going to tell you what I thought Aiden O'Connor, I thought he was good yesterday. I think I gave him a C plus. Mm, he was better than that today. I thought, I thought Jimmy was uh, uh, an A minus. I thought Brian Hoyer was an A, and I thought Aiden O'Connell was an A. Now, remember, level of competition is a little bit different. Now, not so much for Brian, although he does go against ones and twos, and Aiden goes against twos and threes. Jimmy just goes against ones. But still, I thought the Raiders quarterbacks, I mean, they, they really had a great camp. There's a, Now, I've had people asking me, but what happens if Jimmy goes down in the second game? I think Hoyer comes in. Jimmy goes down in week 10, 12 and they think Aiden's ready, then I think maybe they do go to the young guy, depending on the record. If the if the Raiders are still in it and competing, I think they would go to Brian. Matter of fact, yes, I think they'd go to Brian. I don't need to say anymore. But, uh, I mean, the Raiders quarterback room is super talented. I think, I think Raider Nation needs to be encouraged about that. One time today, um, I saw Aiden O'Connell hold the ball too long, and he got sacked. Um, he threw the ball and, and completed it, but I don't count it because, you know, the quarterbacks can do that. Um, in fact, a lot uh, – well, well, we'll get to that in, in just a second. Um, Nesta Jade uh, – uh, um, Nesta has had a really good camp. In fact, I saw him make several big plays, two of them throwing his defender to the ground, and I missed another one that Levi Edwards of Raiders.com told me about. Um, but it was that guy's playing, playing himself in. Make sure you check out Sunday's podcast when I give you my new projected 53. I think you're going to be interested in what I have to say about, about um, Nesta. But he's having a really good camp. He's just physical. I mean, he's physical. And, and I mean, he plays that game the way it's supposed to be played. Just yeah, <clears throat> gets in there and he's just a beast. But he's just. He tears some stuff up now. I really like him against the run. And I've been pleasantly surprised. I knew he was really good at the point attack against the run. In fact, I told you that the night they drafted him. I've been pleasantly surprised at his rushing. I mean, as, as, as 
as a pass rusher. He's had a really, really good camp. Now, they've had a lot of guys have really good camps. John Jenkins today. That guy was a beast. He just – he was causing issues. In fact, tomorrow I'm going to have a video up of an interview I did with him today. Make sure you watch that video. Just just trust me. Make sure you watch it. Um, I asked him about it. So he picks up the fumble, runs 10 yards, and stops. Now, smaller guys. Now, I'm a big dude here. So uh, when I talk about big uglies, I am including myself in that. You know, we're going to maybe get the ball, run 10 yards, and stop. <laughs> Why should I go run 60 more to prove I scored a touchdown? But it was fun watching him. He made a great play. Fumble gets forced, picks it up, runs 10 yards, stops, comes back. But John Jenkins was a beast. There wasn't one guy in the defensive line that had a bad day. Not one. And so everybody on that defensive line had a really, really good day. Now, I, I want to go back because I just talked about Aiden where he got sacked the one time he held the ball too long. And I said, you know, he did step up, throw the ball and complete it, but I'm not going to count it. The Raiders outside on the outside corners have struggled. But again, they're struggling with, you know, the defensive line is getting all this pressure. And then, you know, Stafford steps up and throws after what would have been a sack. So I, matter of fact, I'm going to have a video up tomorrow of an interview with Trayvon Morgan. I asked him about it. He kind of laughed. He goes, well, yeah, but we're still supposed to cover him. Yeah, well, how long are you supposed to cover him for? Good night, Irene. But anyways, um, so again, I think, and you all know I like Matt, no Matt, um, but uh, I, I think he he probably looked a little bit better than he was because of that, just because of the Raiders' defensive line was, was brutal. Um, so there were some turnovers today, um, and uh, but not as many as there had been. I, I saw three or four. Um, not the usual seven or eight, but I saw three or four. Um, yeah, three or four. I'm, one of them I'm questioning um, because a fumble was forced. And uh, I thought the the, the receiver had um, control of it, but it was close. So I'm going to say three or four. Um, again, though, the Raiders punching out the ball, going after the ball. There was visible frustration with the Rams at the Raider aggression to create turnovers. Now, to their credit, um, I thought the Rams had a really good practice. They were, I thought they were good yesterday. I thought they were very good today. If you're a Ram fan, you should be really excited about this team. Um, I think a lot of us who sold them down the river as this was going to be a bad year for them, we were wrong. I think based on what I saw, I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, so again, I, I wanted to go back and address that. Now I'm going to give you a couple of guys who I thought looked okay, but needed to do more. And I've said it yesterday in the pot. Two UDFAs, Dalton Wagner and McClendon Curtis, by the way, make sure Sunday you check out my new projected 53 man roster, find out where those two sit. Those two looked really good today. I did. Uh, did they get beat? Yep. But they're two UDFA rookies, and they won more than they got beat. And they were getting reps against twos and, and some threes that are going to make the Rams roster. So I was very impressed. Both those guys, in my opinion, had very good days. Not perfect. Um, I would have given McClendon um, a B and Wagner a B plus. So, again, I, I thought those were were very, very good days for them. Um I want to address Marcus Peters for a minute um, because I'm, I'm going to pick the right words because it's important to have the right words. I, I am very impressed with him. Um, Again, just made some plays today that were so good. But what really impresses me with him, a Greg Van Roten, um, Philip Dorsett, Jacoby Myers, John Jenkins, 
um, Marcus Epps, uh, Robert Spillane. Now, <clears throat> remember, I'm going to have a long form article coming between the end of the preseason and the beginning of the season. I have two of them coming. One is on Josh McDaniels' secret weapon. The other is on Dave Ziegler and how Dave rebuilt this roster in 2023. And they not only, they wanted quarterbacks for their defense, but they wanted leaders who led. You know, a lot of guys can be veterans. But being a veteran doesn't mean you're a leader. Because being a leader requires extra work. Being a leader is Max Crosby when he's got a chance to go get a drink of water and relax because he goes like a Tasmanian devil. Grabbing the young rook, Tyree Wilson, and giving him pointers. I mean, there's a cost to leadership. And these guys are all doing it. Now, I told you before, I always liked Marcus Peters. Always liked Greg Van Roden. Always liked John Jenkins. Robert Spillane. Marcus Epps. I think I mentioned Van Roden, but if I didn't, I'll mention him again. Jacoby Myers. Always been a big Jacoby guy. And Dave Ziegler went out and got these this group of new dogs. Now, here's what's important. Colton Miller has always done this. Max Crosby does this. Chandler Jones does this. Dylan Parham, who's a sophomore, does this. So the Raiders had some good leaders. But they purposely in free agency said, we got a really young team. We need to get some leaders in here who are quarterbacks, who are dudes. There's a, there's a saying in the NFL, that guy's a dude. And what that literally means is he's great at what he does, but he's great in the locker room. He's great in <clears throat> teaching. He, he sets the example for how do you be a pro. And to me, I wrote about this, but these these old new dogs are teaching some of these young pups how to be pros. You want them. You want your young guys. Now, for example, I'm a parent. I want my kids to hang around with good people. Why? Because you, you become like what you hang around with. Let me tell you what you who you are. Okay, show me who you hang around with. Facts. And so, anyways, I, I just impressed. And I I like Marcus. I know some people that played with him who really liked him. But his humility, his humility has really impressed me. Not because I thought he was a bad guy. I just never got to see that side of his, of his game. And I loved it. And I just think those guys are just, they are the biggest reason. You know, the Coltons, the Maxes, they needed help. The Raiders, the Raiders just did not have great leaders everywhere last year. And it hurt this team. I'm going to get into a lot of it with the long form article with, with Dave Ziegler. And <clears throat> so I won't get into it right now. But and so they went out and got their good leaders help. And uh, it shows. And it shows in a big way. Um, <clears throat> next, I want to talk about the um Hunter Renfro. That guy is rejuvenated. And he was very honest that last year probably wasn't his best. He's been very honest about needing to do better. Um, we'll leave that there. I really like him as a person and a man and a player. But you keep hearing me brag about Jacoby. It's really the same with Hunter. I mean, Devontae, Jacoby, Hunter, and I'm going to throw, you know, Trey Tucker's coming. He's a rook, so he's coming. But, you know, you got Devontae, you got Jacoby, you got Hunter. Then you got the rook who has, you know, come a long ways. DeAndre Carter has looked really good. But I'm going to give you another guy. Now, he wasn't out there today, but this guy's had a great camp. I really like this guy, both as a player and a human being. But that's Philip Dorsett. He wasn't out there today. Now, usually I give you, like I'll tell you, I'm hearing it's this kind of injury, that kind of injury. I've heard nothing on Dorsett. So I don't know if it's major. I don't know if it's minor. Um, 
I don't think it's major at all. Basic, I saw him go down and I saw him get up. Um, but I'm not in any way replying, re reporting that as facts. I'm reporting you what my eyes saw. The other things I've reported you, I'm telling you what I was told and uh, fact-based. But with Philip, I, I, I don't have any report on that other than what when I saw him get up. It certainly looked like he was sore. And I believe because that guy is a competitor. Um, I, I believe they're just being super cautious. But those guys, Hunter, all of them are just are, are, are really tearing it up. So, again, what did I tell you I wanted to see coming down here? I wanted to see the Raiders be consistent. Yesterday, they were consistent. They were winning but they weren't as good as they had been. I told you that that how Max went out and addressed it. You guys saw a lot of the videos <clears throat> where Max talked about it. Um and and I think it was important that he do. Um today they responded, man. They came out on fire. And again, credit the Rams. Now I think the Raiders are a better team than the Rams. And so they should have won, in my opinion. But I thought the Rams came out. If I was a Ram fan, and I'm and I'm not. Now I'm not a Raider fan either. I'm 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 just giving you my report. But if I was a Raider fan, I'd be super encouraged. I'd be fired up. Your team can continues to just remain consistent. If I was a Ram fan, I would be extremely excited, probably more than the Raiders, because I thought the Rams were going to be worse than the Raiders, and they certainly competed. So, again, the Ra the Raiders, I've been telling you all offseason, I thought if Jimmy stays healthy 17 games, they would win nine. I'm not changing that opinion yet. Doesn't mean I won't. We're going to wait to the end of camp. Doesn't mean I will either. But um, so this is the Raiders I expected to see. Um, I was a little surprised yesterday, and I told you. No, I was not a little. It was gigantically surprised that when they were still winning, they were angry. I really liked that. In fact, watch the interview I did today with Josh McDaniels because uh, I talked to him about that. But I thought that was that was really good. And I think both teams come away with this with a lot, which is what you want in joint practices. Um, they both learned a lot. I think the Raiders won both days. So I don't – again uh, – Tomorrow's podcast, we'll get into more of what to look for in the game. But I'll just say for now, um, Raiders won both days. If I had to say yesterday, you know, I'd say a 24-21 win. And if I had to say today, I'd say 28-17, uh, 28-14, something like that. I think the Raiders won it. Going, you know, a good win. You know, probably 28, probably 28-17. I thought it was a really good day for the Raiders. Now, here is the thing that I think you need to come away the most excited about with. Yeah, Dorsett went down, but again, I don't think it's serious. That's my opinion. I haven't been able to get to anyone to get an analysis on that yet, so I hope to have more um, uh, probably Saturday night about that. But they come away with no major injuries, and that's huge. So they're this far into camp. There are some injuries, but nothing, you know, earth shattering. And nothing that I, as of now, think is anywhere close to long term. So they're not only winning and staying consistent, they're staying healthy. Now, this is the last point I want to make, but it's a very important point. You have to credit Josh McDaniels for that. There was a couple times today that this and these joint practices could have gotten away from him. And he just had the team in control. Now, I'm going to say this, and you need to know, I've told you before, I, I, I mean, I grew up respecting the Raiders, but not a Raider fan per se. Loved them, enjoyed watching them, liked them. Um, but how many times have you watched the Raiders with stupid penalties? <clears throat> Last year. The year before, I'm covering the team four years. It's, <clears throat> But it's plagued them going back to my childhood. Now, they used to be so good that they could have all the penalties and still win. It's not the case anymore. And I've seen games where I've put on there, the Raiders are good enough to beat XYZ, but 
but not good enough to beat XYZ and themselves. And you can see the discipline, they're staying disciplined. And I'm going to talk about this in my prediction thread, uh, my prediction podcast coming up before the season starts. I'm going to address this. I, be I believe if it continues to what I'm seeing, this is probably going to be one of the least penalized Raider teams in a decade and maybe even farther back. Just the disciplines there, they get it. And I think there was a couple situations where Josh, now he would never admit this, but he did admit to me this morning, and you can watch the video, uh, that him and Sean McVay talked last night about some certain things they wanted to do. And there were a couple times today where you could see it, it was a Raider reaction to something away from getting into something. Didn't happen. I thought that was brilliant. And I'm going to end with this. Um, many of you know I'm very good friends with Matt Mellon, a Raider legend. Um, you guys know him as a great Raider legend. And I have the privilege of knowing him as a dear friend um, and a brother I share very strong faith with in the Lord. And so I love Matt and uh, love him dearly. And he was at practice today. And I, I, you know, many of you know, he almost passed away a few years ago, got a heart transplant. And so several of you, because you know closeness to Matt, asked me how he's doing. And it was great. Just he's feeling great. His family's doing great. I love his family, precious people. And, uh, but he's gained some weight back. He looked good and uh that was special to me and uh thank god because we certainly prayed for him a lot and uh, for those of you that are raider fans i know that that you uh uh love him because he's a great raider and uh, for those of us that love him as a friend it was just a really good day to see him to hug his neck and uh, remind him how much i love him and to see that that uh god was gracious and answered our prayers and and he's gained weight. He looked good. So tip of the hat to you, Matt. You know I love you, and I'm so happy. Any day I wake up, Matt Millen's still on this earth is a very good day for the Carpenter family. Love you, buddy. So, again, thank you all for watching. And I just want to thank you. Tens of thousands of you are turning into this podcast. You're reading our articles. And I can't thank you enough. And I just want you to know from the bottom of my heart, there are a lot of great people that cover the Raiders. I certainly am not the only one, and I don't think I am. But uh, it is really cool that you choose to come here. We don't take you for granted. We're not entitled to you watching and reading and listening. I got to earn it every day. And every day when I do, that's one of the prayers I praise. Lord, help me to, to give these people the best information to the best of my ability. And I thank you guys that you are clicking and watching and reading and listening. And I just want you to know it. It means the world to me and I'm grateful for you. So make sure you subscribe and, and share this if you can. But from all of us at Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Thank you for watching. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow, what to look for in the big game coming up on Saturday. Have a great night, everybody. God bless you. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa, whoa.